Next on BYU Sports Nation, head football coach Bronco Mendenhall joins us in studio to recap signing day. We go next level on the 2014 recruiting class. Which of the new guys will make the biggest impact next season and breaking down the depth at quarterback? Plus, game day for BYU basketball. The Cougs working on three straight wins. Get to know their foe tonight. Welcome to Provo, Santa Clara. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Uh, might be the strongest in terms of ability and impact. Please write that I said might. As we know, um, time will tell. But I think we've done a really good job of knowing exactly what we're getting, especially on the athleticism and football particulars. I think we have a great idea of what we're getting there. It's been a great day, not just a good day. I think it's been a great day. Bronco Mendenhall on this being the strongest class ever in terms of signees. And you know what? Ever. It is a great day. A Thursday, February 6th. I'm Spencer Linton. Teamed up with a guy who was recruited by Southwest Louisiana State, Mm -hmm. the New Jersey Institute of Truck Drivers, and the New England School of Birdwatching, Jerem Jordan. They offered me hard. I uh, took preferred walk-on status at BYU. I was recruited by nobody. Wherever and however you may be listening, great to have you with us. Show starters, another signing day in the books. BYU football adding depth and speed. Oh my, did they add speed. Bronco Mendenhall amped on it. So are we. He'll join us in studio in the opening segment. BYU sophomore and Luge Coog, Kate Hansen, named the U.S. Olympic Committee January Female Athlete of the Month Holler. after coming off the first World Cup win for the U.S. women's luge team in almost two decades, 17 years. Legit. Great stuff. Ho- hope that she medals. If she wanted to finish top 10, she told us on BYU Sports Nation in a previous interview, but I think she's thinking a little higher now. Opening ceremonies on Friday night. Uh, from Friday Sochi, morning. Friday morning, technically, broadcast but Friday broadcast night. Friday night in the Americas. And Kate Hansen uh, set to take the track on Monday for the first time. Monday morning, 7.45 a.m. Mountain, 9.45 a.m. Eastern. Let's it's 11-hour difference. That's going to be yeah. weird. Let's go, Luge Coog. BYU softball opens the season today in the warmer weather of southern Utah and St. George at the Red Desert Classic doubleheader against in-state foes Weber State at 2 p.m., southern Utah at 4 p.m., the first of many back-to-back scenarios for the Cougars. Any advice for me, softball, uh, coming up, Jeremy, as I get you ready to broadcast that? It's only 60 feet. It's not 90. You can't steal. Uh, it's not the mound. It's the circle. Uh, <laughs> slap hitting is like, you know how Ichiro kind of... He'll, he'll hit it and yes. kind of be out of the box. Yes. They do that a lot. Uh, that's about it. Okay. That's good to know. So, the some th- first thing I did with BYU TV was sideline so- a softball broadcast. You sidelined softball. You are multi-talented. That's why the New Jersey School of Truck Driving that wanted you. That is why. That is why. That's that why reason. after you. Join our conversation by using the hashtag BYUSN, that hashtag all about giving you, BYU Sports Nation, an avenue to link up across the nation, wherever, whenever, have your say. Uh, and... Going back to the great day comment from Bronco, I love this coming in using the hashtag BYUSN from at Koei Jupes. He says, Bronco says, it has been a great day, not just a good day, a great day. Great? Question mark? Thoughts? Question mark for Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan? I'm Captain Semantics. Uh, <laughs> I think it was a great day. It was a great day! Uh, BYU wanted to get Damian Mama, didn't get him, but you know what? BYU... Brought in an awesome haul of guys. Even in Jerem's book, it was a great day. Bronco Mendenhall again will join us in just about three minutes on BYU Sports Nation. Which BYU signee are you most excited to see in action this season? Using the hashtag BYUSN, send in your tweets. That is our Twitter question today. And the first game that those guys will play in is Connecticut. Countdown to Connecticut. 203. Yeah. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation airs weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. Our show also on demand at BYURadio.org, or catch the rebroadcast weekdays at 7 Eastern. Rise and shout! It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. An immediate impact. Bronco Mendenhall on BYU needing some help at wide receiver and linebacker. The two things that had to happen is receivers that were qualified to play right away and some linebackers that were qualified to play right away, even if they're freshmen. Holy receivers, Jerem. Nick Kurtz, 
Six-six guy from Grossmont Junior College. We've we've talked about him a lot. He's West a mid buddy. He's a mid-year enrollee, and then Devon Blackman was the one a lot of people wanted. The BYU coaches really wanted his speed, his playmaking ability. He came from Oregon, played three games for Oregon. Yes, that Chip Kelly Oregon team in 2012. Transferred to Riverside Community College in Southern California, and now as a friend of Jamal Williams, former teammate of Jamal Williams in high school. He is playing for BYU. And then Jordan Leslie from UTEP led the minors in receiving. The a past guy, two years! A guy that has 15 touchdowns and 2,000 career yards. I mean, this guy's legit. So, uh, great pickup. Great pickup uh, at receiver. Guys that can come in and play right away. Right away, like Bronco said. I'm guessing that when Devon Blackman takes the field, we may just hear a little bit of this. Jason Hill back to pass, throws to the perimeter out to Devon Blackman, sheds a tackle, the 50, the 40, the 30, 20, 10, the first score against Connecticut is a touchdown. (laughs) And it will be crazy. That's what I love. BYU has never really had speed on the perimeter where you go. We're going to throw a quick screen, and if this guy breaks a block, he could go. The super tech mobile guy. This is the Ross Oppo play. Ross is not the fastest dude in the world. He's good at... Getting the ball, getting four to seven yards, that's been good enough. But if Devon Blackman can take that to the next level, you're a deep scoring threat. Not to mention actually getting a guy down the field. We talked about this this morning. When's the last time BYU had a deep threat? A legit deep threat? Todd Watkins. It's been a decade. Nine seasons ago in 2005. Like, okay, if that guy goes deep, we've got a shot at actually scoring. Ironically enough, Todd Watkins was a junior college transfer from Grossmont. Southern California, Grossmont, where Nick, Nick Kurtz. Kurtz played. But still, same type of scenario. Speed kills. BYU knows it, and they went with it. The linebackers will hit on more of that later. The, the linebacking crew that Bronco brings in, he said that was the other immediate need. Huge gets for BYU, stealing players away from the likes of USC and Stanford. Absolutely. Fred Warner, one of those guys. Troy Hines off a mission. I mean, these guys are good. These guys can play right away. Bronco Mendenhall, in-depth analysis in just a few minutes on BYU Sports Nation. Let's keep it rolling. Topic two. Game day. Carlito, a three, got it. 11 early for Carlito. You allow him to set his feet, he's pretty automatic. BYU basketball and Matt Carlino, oh by the way, back in action tonight. All this signing day madness kind of took over yesterday. Hoops! Well guess what, the Cougars and their push for March and the NCAA tournament have a huge game tonight against Santa Clara. Huge because they cannot afford to lose it. This is a this is a must win. I know we don't like to use that term. They've got to win this game. They, they just have to. Let's set the stage a little bit. Santa Clara's 10-14, 3-8 in the conference, tied for last. Six-game losing streak, but they've lost by an average of seven points, so those have been close games. However, the Broncos have beat, beaten St. Mary's and Portland on the road. So that's, they, that's the weird thing. They can win on the road. With the parity in the conference, every game can... If, there's if, no guarantee. If in they're in words. last and they've beaten St. Mary's on the road, okay... BYU 15-9, and 7-4 and four in the conference, tied for second. BYU's won seven of their last nine, uh, of its last nine. Tyler Hawes, 35.5. Oh, yeah, there's that guy, the too. Last four. BYU's 11-2, by the way, versus Santa Clara. And fresh bracketology, my brother, from Joe Lenardi this morning. BYU, we announced this on Monday, according to Joe Lenardi's S-curve. BYU was in the tournament. We prognosticated they would be... Uh, in the play-in game, and, and it is that way right now. In the bracket, they are in the play-in game, which means they a would play-in game. There's be, two. Yeah, be a, a situation They're where they played, they played Iona. They're a 12 seed. If they win that game, then they have an opportunity to play what would be a 5 seed. Ohio State in Orlando. is what, And where, where they fit in that is second to last team in. So BYU hasn't moved since Monday. Of course, they haven't played a game. But if BYU wins this week, you'd think that they'd at least stay where they are, if not move up. And then next week's when Gonzaga comes to town. Now we're talking where BYU can actually make a move up and avoid being one of the last teams in. Because on Selection Sunday, that makes you quite nervous if you're in that group going into that day. BYU's got to take care of Santa Clara. As Jerry mentioned, a team that won at St. Mary's and won at Portland, something BYU and Gonzaga did not do this year. Oh, by the way, the Pilots just about won at Gonzaga last, last night. night. It speaks to the parity in the conference. There is no guarantee every game is huge. If you're close to Provo, Utah, and you support the Cougars, get here. Pack the Marriott Center. Okay, that takes care of basketball. 
Now we continue our football conversation with the man himself, Brocko Mendenhall. Topic three. We welcome into BYU Sports Nation the head football coach of the BYU Cougars, Bronco Mendenhall, who has labored through another signing day. And coach, I, I, I want to ask you, how, how is your stress level right now compared to what it was about 48 hours ago? Mm. I would say significantly lower, and I don't think laboring is the word. I think I'm sprinting through. I'm feeling okay. good right now. I, the laboring is for, I don't know, for other guys that aren't as energized, but I'm feeling good. We've talked about Green Room Snack Guy. Yeah. So yesterday on the Football Signing Day TV show, Spencer Linton hosted the show. Yeah. What kind of snack did he provide for you? Well, there was multiple snacks because when you now consider TV um, and the length <laughs> of TV that it was. That was a lot. It was four segments. Yes. Just to make clear. With you broke it two, into quarters. Yeah, segment two being the longest, the second quarter being the longest. So to even have me consider doing something of that length, one snack is not going to do it. It's two <laughs> snacks, which I was going to um, point out, however, for maybe one of the first times in your co-host's life, he was ahead of me. And so he had two snacks ready. And there was a Heath bar, which is always a solid favorite. And then there were jalapeno kettle chips. Yep, yep, jalapeno. Yeah. We've talked about this, yeah. ha- that jalapeno is next level interview. Exactly right. So you're not, you're going to get, you're going to get four full quarters with jalapeno chips where Heath Bar will get you just a brief kind of soundbite. But once you go to the chips, you get four quarters. And worth. you delivered. Yeah, it's, I did my best. You delivered on that <laughs> promise, coach. Bronco Mendenhall on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking recruiting. 2014 signing class. Coach, so many different storylines. We'll start with uh, the glaring one, and that is the wide receiver group. You needed to make some immediate fixes there, and boy, did you reel in some serious talent. What makes you most excited about the receiving group? Just what you said, the, the talent that they have and that they chose BYU, because each of those three, um, if you start with Jordan Leslie, was already at a place, already the leading receiver there, already the focal point of their offense, already having tremendous success. And and chose to leave that to come to BYU, which is an amazing, amazing choice. Also, considering that he graduated in in well under time with um, a degree in engineering. And so that's a strong story. Devon Blackman, highly, highly, highly recruited um, and has had certain certainly has had his share of issues and mistakes. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm convinced that he really wants a different experience and a different commitment level and a different way to reach his potential. And he sold me that he wants that. And I'm, I believe that he'll do that. And then Nick Kurtz, in terms of number of offers and quality of offers, it, it might have been the most highly sought after player maybe in BYU history if you're looking at the type of schools and the number of schools. And so what I like about them is not only are those three very, very talented, but they each made pretty unique uh, sacrifice isn't the right word, but pretty unique choices for them to be here. But I ultimately think they also think they can help our team and want to. And and it's fun to get the ball. Wes Welker's favorite player is Nick Kurtz, I think, right? Uh, <laughs> Michael Bodmer, one of my buddies who works at ESPN now, he's from Oregon, big Oregon Duck fan, went to BYU. He said, awesome that BYU got Devin Blackman. He texted me this. I've seen that guy play in person. He's stupid fast. Yeah. How, how influential was Jamal Williams, by the way, in getting Very. Devon Blackman, high school teammate? I, I think that had to be um, the initial interest. Uh, I don't think Devon Blackman considers BYU without someone already in the program that he trusts who then he listens to, and then he says, you know what, I think I want to do that. And so that was just the start. So I think the initial intrigue was Jamal not actively kind of going after it, but this kind of relationship they had, which then allowed our staff to just have a starting point. So I think that got us in the door, and then all the work after that is what ended up with it now with this opportunity, and he is really fast. Nicole Williams, Jamal's mother? Did she have play there? Because she's one of BYU's biggest uh, fans uh, at this point. Uh, if So, number one, it wouldn't surprise me if she did um, <laughs> because nothing she does can surprise me. She is um, fun and energetic and extroverted and just wherever she is, there's fun stuff happening. Uh, she loves BYU football and she loves Jamal. And I think they had a close relationship from before. And so if she didn't, I would have been surprised, but I'm not certain how big a role she played. Devon Blackman is stupid fast, as we have uh, quoted here on BYU Sports Nation. Is he faster than Taysom Hill? 
That's a that's a great question. Um, from what it looks like on film, it, it'd be a photo finish, but uh, probably. Okay. Wow. Um, and that's as def- definitive as I'm going to go. I'm going to say photo finish and probably. How about that for being non-committal? <laughs> is, is there more offensive speed in this group than you've had in the last little while? We we targeted that. We wanted that, especially at the wide receiver position. What we would love to do is be more explosive on the perimeter. While Taysom gives us that and Jamal gives us that, and the beating Texas certainly were the explosive plays by Taysom especially, now when you add the ability to throw it to someone else either deep or on the perimeter that can make someone miss and do something like that, your chance to score more points goes up. And what we certainly know is against um, similar competition, we'll score about 30 a game versus elite competition, which is what we want to beat. Um, we're not scoring enough. And we believe that by having others we can distribute the, distribute the ball to on the perimeter, that'll make a difference in addition to Taysom and Jamal. Coach, you go head-to-head with USC on four different players you get three of them to come to Provo, Utah. Where does that rank among notable recruiting accomplishments that you've had in your career here? Oh, I, I think it's – I use that example, and I think it's certainly noteworthy more for the, our assistant coaches' work than, than maybe what I've done. But I think what's happening is our assistant coaches are explaining the benefits of BYU accurately and in a relationship that exceeds that of what we've built before. But if you expand that now and you talk about – um, others, if you talk about uh, Tyler Cook and man, when he when he stopped counting, it was sixteen or seventeen offers before he chooses BYU. I mean that if you're I I don't know how if you name any player at BYU history and say they had that many offers with the attention that these kids are getting now. I mean, and so the number of players with Fred Warner having similar, um, as you go down the list, the number of players that had multiple, multiple, multiple offers, and we're not talking about Mountain West or WAC. We're talking um, whatever the the definition of Big Five conferences now. It's, it's those type of offers. And in this particular class, we had more of them with more of them choosing BYU than in the history of the program. That's downright impressive. More good news to come. Which return missionary now called to serve with Bronco? Already looks like an all-pro. Plus, the BYU quarterback situation. Who fills the void left by Ammon Olsen? Our two-segment interview with Bronco Mendenhall continues after this. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs! Tyler Haas in his 35.5 points per game over the last four. Ready for Santa Clara tonight. 9 p.m. tip in Provo, Utah. You can watch the game on ESPNU. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. You are listening to BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio 2 at BYU Broadcasting. You know you can follow the show on Twitter, Jerem? I knew that. I follow the show on Twitter. How do you do that? At BYU Sports Nation. There you go. You can also follow Jerem at Jerem Jordan and myself at Spencer underscore Linton. Did you miss the BYU Football Signing Day show last night on BYU TV? Fear not. It airs again tonight at 10 Eastern. Also tonight, listen to BYU and Santa Clara on BYU Radio starting at 10 Eastern for the pregame show and 11 for the game. In other news, want to see the Cougars in action at the 2014 West Coast Conference Basketball Tournament, Spencer? Yes. You you could join Coach Rose, not you specifically, no. but and the rest of the team in Vegas in our Journey to the Tourney contest. Oh, I'll be there. Enter for your chance to win airfare, hotel, and tickets. This is legit. To select games this March, visit facebook.com slash Sports and register today. Our Twitter question today is, which BYU signee are you most excited to see in action in exactly 203 days at the rent in East Hartford, Connecticut against the Huskies? Use the hashtag BYUSN to submit your answers. Which signee do you want to see in Cougar Blue? We welcome in Bronco Mendenhall. We had him for the first segment. Now we begin part two. And Bronco, last year only four return missionaries, 18 come back to play for BYU this year. What does an influx like that do to you as a coach? It reminds me I'm at BYU. (laughs) Um, But it's a great thing. Uh, So the rest of the world right now, when they're showing their recruiting class, they're showing their 2014 signees. When you go to BYU, you then scroll down and then you see the return missionaries and there's an entother, another entire class. And that is our program. Up to 40% of our team could transition on a yearly basis, which is more than any program in the country, especially now with the mission age changing and the number going out, that same number coming back kind of all at once. 
it's not as spread out as it used to be. And so our next year's class will be similar, not as many signees and an entire wave of missionaries rolling back in. Uh, But I think we're well prepared for it. I like it. I like the maturity and urgency the missionaries bring back. I like the leadership they bring back. I like watching them struggle with their bodies and transitioning into life. But I like the impact that they have on the freshmen as they're transitioning into this other thing. And they're looking at these other guys saying, man, he's – I look better than him. Uh, But then the the return missionaries coming back with a different level of perspective and maturity than able to help someone else that's transitioning in a different way. So it works well if if you leverage it right. In general, do you prefer the the kid out of high school – over an RM that maybe needs to get his body back into shape, but is more mature. There's kind of a give and take. Yeah, I would say if if I'm if I were pinned down, um, I would rather have a freshman come and play a semester. Um, I think it not only prepares them for their mission at a higher level, being away from home for the first time with us working them like crazy while they're balancing study hall and school and social life. And at least early reports when I was in this position from the MTC presidency was, man, they loved having guys that had been here a semester in our program because of their leadership and how well they were then ready to be missionaries. So if I had my preference, it would be one semester playing in our program and then going. Uh, I think it helps our program. But more importantly, it doesn't take emphasis off their mission, but it also allows them maybe to even be more effective when they're out there. General rule, certainly. There are exceptions every way that you can look at it. But as a starting point, that's what I would say. Bronco Mendenhall, the head coach of the BYU football team on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Coach, you have a ton of home visits during this recruiting train. And uh, I'm wondering, how much weight do you gain as you go on all of these home recruiting trips? I'm not going to give you the exact numbers, (laughs) but I I had a body fat percentage that I care a lot about that was in in place before the season started um that more than doubled within the course of the season and recruiting wow so yeah i'm I'm feeling like i'm in a confessional right now (laughs) right so right now you're at that number well i've taken already about a quarter of that off nice work yeah so there's an urgency to it but the toll the season and recruiting that combination takes on like just the normal life is hard so that's why holly um, she declares today, whenever I'm done with you two guys, or yesterday, whenever that was. So at the end of recruiting, she declares as the end of the season because the games are one thing. Recruiting is is equally as demanding, and I'm gone more. So um, signing day becomes the end of the season. The go fast, go hard mantra is not just about the players, clearly. It it's is, a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. Exactly right. That that ought to be there, – there's there's some kind of billboard right there. T-shirts, maybe? Maybe, That yeah. the three of us yeah. own? Go hard, go fast for life. <laughs> that's just – there's something better than that, but that's I love a start. It. That's going to happen somewhere yeah. down I've the got line. a hard-hitting question for you. What, it's baby food. Our questions previously, nothing compared to this. At Joe Sorber on Twitter, he says, please ask Bronco if he signed any tenors or baritones for the Firesides this season. So uh, we are very thorough in our recruiting and evaluative evaluation process. However, I have to say I don't know, which is... Mm. Will the Firesides be at the same level they were last year? We're looking to get better at everything that we do. What I do know is at the bowl game, we added a wives musical number, and there are a couple wives that um, clearly, uh, I thought a lot of them before, but their value to the program went way up after hearing them sing, and so that's the best answer I can give in some form of relation to the question asked. There are a bunch of Polynesians, and most of them, I think, can sing, so I think we're going to be okay. It's, uh, I don't doubt our firesides could take on anybody in the world, Um, I think that I think we beat USC's fireside. Preseason I'm just gonna number throw it one, out there. preseason number one yeah. fireside team. I, I would say the nine years that I've been the coach, it's unofficial, of course, but I think we finished and started number one for nine years straight <laughs> in, in firesides. Dominated. Yeah. Bronco Mendenhall on BYU Sports Nation. I know it's hard to pinpoint stars, but yesterday when we were talking about Ului Lapuaho, you yeah. got really excited about yeah. what he brings back as a return missionary. You said he looks like a, a defensive pro bowler right now. So, uh, Ului, um, we have a needed offensive line. Uh, we did not target that because we have so many numbers at that position of saying, now go out and get a junior college player or something else. We were... We were um, 
putting a lot of our stock into what a Louie would do coming home in January. And he's been back now for he, he got home two weeks into the semester. So he's having to work crazy like crazy to catch up in his schoolwork. But about six, six, maybe six, seven, 310 pounds and light on his feet, very competitive and might be able to provide immediate help at tackle, which now frees up one more player to possibly play another spot, which then makes our offensive line better. And so if you're looking for the answer to did the offensive line get addressed for immediate needs, that would be the player that I would say has the best chance. You signed the same amount of offensive linemen this year that you did last year. That's what everyone talked about last year. Why is no one talking about that this year? Because of the receivers? I think so. And and knowing that I think it's really clear we our, our standards um, are going up every year, really promoted by myself. We want to play better teams. We want to play more of them, and we want to play in front of more people, uh, and we want to win even more. And so when you put all that together, the most immediate need as it came to me, even though there were other ones to be dre- addressed, what started out as a strength in the season at receiver through attrition and depth and injuries ended up becoming very difficult to have that part complement um, a really strong running game and a fantastic quarterback talent. And what we believe is essential now to no matter who we play, having a great chance is not only being able to run the football with Jamal Taysom and blocking it and running the play action off of that, but when we want to throw it to get the ball to the outside and add another level to making us harder to defend, um, knowing that we're pretty consistent every year defensively. And so the receiver core, even though the number of offensive linemen stayed the same, I think what everyone realizes is the chance for a group to come in and really impact the program for a good comes at receiver. Bronco Mendenhall on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Coach, so much has been said about the receivers and now the offensive line. Is there an underrated group in this class that deserves some attention that's not really getting it? Yeah, I think the defensive line, um, when, when all is said and done and you look at this class, including the missionaries coming back, and who the freshman D-linemen end up becoming, knowing that three, four defensive linemen aren't known for being glamorous. They're just tough and gritty and don't let the ball run between the tackles. And it's a thankless job as Ethan Manumalayuna and Romney Funga and Russell Tialavea, um, Jan Jorgensen, of those guys has found out they're just tough, tough football players. Well, Graham Rowley, Travis Tuiloma, and the other group of freshmen that we added um, – they're, they're good players, and they're going to be very skilled at doing just what we need them to do in this system, which is, by the way, patterned after the best defense in the world, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers, statistically over the past, I think, six or seven years. And so they're probably unsung, but were recruited to be unsung. James Dye was a heck of a punt and kick returner, one of the most exciting players in BYU history. So here comes his son. Trey Dye, great name, by the way. How much do you want to use him, possibly, in punt and kick return? He'll, he'll earn that by being trustworthy. Um, uh, Devon, Devon Blackman uh, can return as well. So being able to return it the entire way makes a big difference. Actually, catching every punt makes more difference. And so we think they're both capable. Who's the most trustworthy? We'll have to find out. Is Trey a guy that could be like a J.D. Falsev in the slot? I think so. Um, J.D., though, because he was short, not little, he was tough, he was physical, he was nasty and, and productive. Uh, Trey is, um, is, has been used more in his career as a featured ball carrier, do something with it after, where J.D. had to do a lot of things as a journeyman walk-on to kind of earn his way in. So um, I, can't, I can't compare him yet because of all the resolve J.D. would shown over his career but Trey has ability with the ball in his hands to do some pretty special things. Bronco, you have three quarterbacks uh, currently. Uh, now McCoy Hill comes over as a return missionary. He's a guy that played quarterback in high school. That gives you four after the transfer of Ammon Olsen. How confident are you that you will have five like you did last year going into fall camp? I'm not, I wouldn't say confident. Um, uh, there is a chance, based on how spring looks, that there could be a player added at that time. I would rather it be... I'd rather be able to wait a year. I'd love I, what I would love to have is Christian Stewart, who is currently our backup, has a fantastic spring, and we say he's good enough to be um, Taysom's backup if Taysom goes down for whatever reason. I would love to see Billy Green have that same type of um, experience to be our number three. And if that happens, I feel pretty good going into the season. If that doesn't happen, um, we might be looking even as late as spring and summer. There might be a junior college quarterback that's coming late or something. Um, that's possible, but spring ball will have a lot to do, to, 
will have a lot to do to determine that. So you'll run with four in spring? Yep. And then well, maybe with, five in the fall? It, w- it won't be four in the spring because McCoy Hill's not back yet. So it'll really just be three, three. in the spring. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you fully practice like that or you oh, just yeah. have to do it? No, spring is, it's hard to even get three quarterbacks enough reps in the spring. You can get two, but getting the third one. So I would rather, I'd rather have three clear candidates in the spring and no more than that. Um, so I, I'm comfortable with the spring. McCoy doesn't get added until the summer, so that will give us four. If the first three do a really nice job in spring, then I'm okay. If one of those two doesn't, then I'll feel like we're down one and then have to risk, does McCoy ready or do we try to find one more? I'd rather wait a year if possible. With the influx of defensive linemen, you've made some uh, notable changes. The headline of that list is Bronson Kafusi moving from the defensive line to linebacker. Also, Michael Elisa going back to his original position that he was recruited as, a linebacker. What went into making those decisions? Uh, just looking at our entire um, talent pool on our team and then specifically on each side of the ball with the philosophy of we want the best 11 out there at the same time. Um, we'd rather we'd rather than have our um, 11th best player being stacked behind someone else, we'd rather have the chance for our 11 best to be on the field at once. Once we did that, then we looked at now what does depth look like. So it not only gave us a chance to put our best 11 out there, what we know is we could possibly need 22 playing the, the speed and pace we are playing now. It gave us our best chance with those changes to now have the next best 11 out at the same time. And that's after one year I learned that lesson. Well, we appreciate the time. We know it was a long day uh, yesterday. We appreciate your time today. A tremendous signing class, and uh, I hope that those jalapeno chips did you well. Yeah, thanks a lot. I hope you get a vacation, too, like your assistant coaches. It's it's um, That comes in the summer-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Great to have you with us, Thanks. Marco. See you. And I meant that, you know, when, when I when I'm said, I, I hope you get a vacation. We mean that because Bronco and the assistants worked their tails off to make that happen over recruiting day. Which BYU signing are you, BYU Sports Nation, most excited to see in action in 203 days? Use the hashtag BYUS and let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. At Laser Sheep. I can't wait to see if Devon Blackman can get into open space. Sounds like he can get some yards. I will forever miss J.D. Falslove. Yeah, different different parts of the field, different receivers. But uh, having a speed guy on the outside, Watkins was never used in... He, I wouldn't call uh, Todd Watkins quick. I would call him fast. The difference being sh- uh, short space versus uh, a bunch of yards. So I'm excited that BYU has that option. We'll see how that works. At Kyle Moriyama. That Tech Mobile sound brings me back. Love it. This is for you, Kyle. Cue, cue the Tech Mobile music one more time. Ready, yep. Put, put, put. It's just it just it just works. Right now, Bo Jackson is going on a diagonal run up. <laughs> he's going down. Now he's going straight. Now he's going up. Now he's going down. Four if, if you were good with the Raiders, you could not be beat on that game. Touchdown, oh, Christian Okoye. Oh my goodness, unstoppable too. At Noah M. Cook, he says at the Kurtzway. At J Les Nine, which would be Jordan, Jordan Leslie. Leslie, and the Kurtzways, Nick Kurtz, of course, and Fred Warner. Those are the players he's most excited to see in action in 203 days. And Noah Cook, is that Tyler Cook's dad or un- unrelated? I don't know. I, I wonder. Because Tyler I, Cook and his dad followed you this morning. Nope, that's Mark. Mark John Cook oh, okay. is, is Tyler's Different dad. Cook. I wonder if it's the same family, though. I think that his dad would probably the most, be the most excited to see Tyler. Yes, he'd be listed. For, yeah, that's right. He'd, he'd be listed. Duh, Jerem. <laughs> At sports underscore blue. I'm most excited to see Warner, but surprised to hear Bronco say he's most excited about Lapuajo's return on BYU TV. That was amazing yesterday. All of a sudden, during our hour-long special last night, which, by the way, you can see on BYUTVsports.com. If you missed it, Bronco goes through every single guy, all 38 high school transfer and return missionaries. All of a sudden... He goes off on Lapuahu, a return missionary lineman, and says that he looks like an all-pro player in Already, the NFL. right now, Already. physically. That he's gained 30 pounds, he's 6'7", 310, an offensive lineman. Yeah, I, think the, I think the signing deal we had had him at 280. Yes. He's 310. <laughs> that is a monster. BYU needs monsters on the offensive line. Because if th- that line improves... The whole offense will improve because what will improve the most? Red zone offense. And that would have won BYU two more games and would be feeling tremendous about a 10-win season and Taysom Hill's in the Heisman conversation. Instead, it was an 8-win season, but there's a lot of promise. 
better offensive line means a ton more for that offense. There's a lot of promise and a lot of exposure, and you know how I know that? Because of the recruiting class that BYU brought in. That's, that's evidence that the program is out there. I don't give a ton into national rankings with um, signing classes, but I do if it has Utah involved. BYU was ahead of Utah in ESPN's rankings. As an independent, fancy that. Oh. Crazy. How about that? How about that? You can still recruit good players in independence. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. BYU yesterday. Oh, by the way, if you want to listen to the Bronco Mendenhall interview on BYU Sports Nation, we'll have that up on demand later this afternoon at BYURadio.org. As Jerem mentioned, you can see the whole BYU TV sports special signing day online right now with the, the DVR function. You just uh, go to BYUTVSports.com right now. It's right there. It's all there for the taking. And the press conference as well, I believe. So, I mean, it is it is... We have you covered. If you, if you want BYU Football 101, yeah, BYU is the place to go. Plus this show on demand this afternoon, more from Broncos. So seriously, it's like an hour and a half of Bronco Mendenhall breaking it down. Who are you most excited to see play out of these 2014 recruits, whether it be return missionaries, transfers, or the high school guys? Sound off using the hashtag BYUSN. Up next, we get to know the foe with Santa Clara, joined by one of their bench coaches. He gives us the inside details to... Why the Broncos think they can win another game on the road? This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on Beat to the Y to the U Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio 2. Did you miss the BYU football signing day last night on BYU TV? I did not. Neither did I. But guess what? I probably want to watch it again, and so do you. 10 Eastern tonight. It's online as well. You can watch that also tonight. Listen to BYU and Santa Clara Hoops. Pre-game starts at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio. So l- let me get this straight. If you want to watch the football signing day special, you can watch that, and that will take you up to the very minute of the tip-off yes, it on will. ESPNU between BYU and Santa Clara basketball. It's almost like we planned that. How about that? On ESPNU and BYU Radio. That- or you could watch it online right now. That is fantastic. Uh, quickly recapping some of our top stories today. The Luge Coug named the U.S. Olympic Committee January Female Athlete of the Month, Kate Hansen. We had That's her on the show just a few days ago. Winner athletes. That's a big deal. First World Cup win in the Luge for the U.S. women in 17 years. Oh, by the way, the sports nation karma lives on. Yes. And it has gone to Sochi with Kate, Kate Hansen. Hansen. The Dude, Luge Think about that. The first. World Cup win in the luge mm. for the in U.S. women in 17 years. years. Kate Hansen joined BYU Sports Nation right before she left on that World Cup circuit trip. She's ranked seventh. <laughs> this is a real thing, people. Take it seriously. It's happening. It's kind of starting to freak me out a little bit, but in a good way. Maybe we ought to try it with like someone that's not having a great season and all of a sudden see what happens. You know, I... I don't know. We're, we, 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 we make educated guesses at who we need to bring on and then hope that they receive the karma and play well. And thus far, it has paid off. Yes, it has. <laughs> In the biggest way. Uh, BYU softball opens their season tonight, or today, I should say, in St. George with a doubleheader against in-state foes. And, of course, another signing day wrapped up for BYU football. Bronco Mendenhall joined us in studio. Great stuff. Great insight from the head football coach. And uh, he's in a great mood, for that matter. This is sort of the end of the season. He now gets to break a little bit. All right, now we transition to 2014. By the way, new bracketology, if you missed it, BYU, the second-to-last team in, still in, uh, would be a 12-seed playing in Dayton uh, against Missouri. 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 Is what Joey Brackett says with Joe Lenardi of ESPN. If they survive that play-in game, they would then take on, in a hypothetical situation, Ohio State in Orlando. Yeah. Just get in. I don't care if it's a play-in game. At H. Collier 88. How can I get the karma? I think my hockey team needs it. Okay. Well, it's my, it, well, it's I think it's BYU athletes. I think we have to draw a line somewhere. <laughs> we, we maybe at some point we'll discuss. It, yeah. We will we'll, discuss, we'll figure, it figure it out and get back to H call your 88. You brought up bracketology. BYU has another opportunity in front of a national audience tonight with eyeballs on them to impress some people and not necessarily bolster the resume, but certainly make sure they don't hurt it by beating Santa Clara. With that said, we welcome in our next guest, Sam Scholl, Santa Clara assistant coach. And coach, let me ask you this. 
How does it feel to be on BYU Sports Nation for the first time? Doing great, doing great. Appreciate uh, you having me on. The Broncos and Cougars set to meet for the second time this season. BYU won the first matchup at your place by 10. Now you have a chance to repay them on the road. And yours is a team that knows how to win a big game on the road. Knocked off St. Mary's, knocked off Portland. What has been the, the secret to success for Santa Clara on the road? Well, I, I think we've been able to have a, 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 a little bit better focus defensively uh, on the road and an understanding that when you're in another team's building, you know, they're, they're going to be the ones that are comfortable. And so you have to be able to raise your level of defense, and your level of rebounding uh, to make sure that they're not getting, you know, the, all the easy opportunities that they're, they're hoping to get uh, on the offensive end. So I think in those two games, we were really able to do a great job defending, making teams uncomfortable, and, and especially rebounding at the end of each possession. Santa Clara's on a six-game losing streak, but many of these games have been close, none of which have been blowouts. How do you get over the top and upset BYU on the road and snap that streak? <laughs> it's going to take, a, 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 like I said, a great effort on the defensive end. We're going to have to try to make things as tough as possible on, on BYU, which is not an easy task. They're very, very good uh, scoring in a lot of different ways. Uh, and we're obviously going to have to, to shoot the ball well. I mean, if you look at the teams that have the BYU, they've had a guy or guys in the conference, just have great nights from three. And, you know, so we're going to have to have some guys, some guys step up and, and make some, some tough shots in a tough environment. What have you noticed from BYU's perimeter defense that lended itself to having a guy go off from distance? Well, I mean, they, they play a lot of zone. They played us a lot of zone last time, you know. And so with zone, you know, they're going to be opportunities to, to have, you know, some shots from three. Uh, now, they do a pretty dang good job of making, making those shots that you think are open, still even contested with a guy flying out at you late. Um, you know, so we've got to do a great job in, try, in terms of trying to really attack the, the gaps in the zone and, and find, find extra guy, or open guys with, and deliver extra, extra passes on time and on target and, and hope to be able to knock those shots down. Sam Scholl, assistant coach, Santa Clara basketball, joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Okay, Sam, this has been a crazy year in the West Coast Conference. <laughs> uh, par- parity is out of control. Uh, there's not a lot of separation from the top to the bottom. In your experience, have you ever seen anything like this in the West Coast Conference? No, I've been in the league for 13 years, and uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't remember year, maybe other than one, that there's been like this from top to bottom. Where every game you it's a it's a desperate battle to win whether you're at home or on the road. Uh, all the teams are, are are well coached. All the teams have talent. All the teams have you know a guy or two that can can really really score to, at a high level. Uh, so it has really been a been a crazy year in this conference. Tyler Haas is averaging thirty five point five points per mm-hmm. game the last four. What's the <laughs> game plan to at least limit Tyler in some way tonight? It's a lot. It's, it's, a, it's a lot easier said whenever your game plan is on paper <laughs> and talking amongst each other uh, than what than actually going out there and executing. And he's phenomenal uh, in terms of his footwork, in terms of his fakes, in terms of being able to, to catch and shoot threes and, and attack off the off the dribble. You know, we're just going to have to really make sure we we know where he's at at all times. Try to find him early, as early as possible. Uh, you know, especially after after transition opportunities for them and. And really, just try to put a body on as much as as much as we can, and 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 hope guys can get to can, can get to contest on each and every one of the shots. Okay, coach. So between the parity and trying to prepare for Tyler Haas, how's your how's your blood pressure right now? How are you feeling? Oh, it's uh, I'm sure it's uh, <clears throat> as the day goes on, it's going to get higher and higher. <laughs> you know, that's for sure. You know, I think BYU is one of the best. You know, if not the best teams in terms of answering i mean we, we, we constantly preach to our guys about making the next play in this one whether it's a good one or a bad one you've got to be able to if you score there's no time to celebrate because they're coming right back at you and if you have a turnover or, or something not go our way you, you, there's no time to put your head down because they're coming right back at you they answer as well as anybody and so we have to have in a, in a real focused mindset of uh, making the next play there's a tie for team-leading score at 16.9 points per game, junior Brandon Clark, and then freshman Jared, Bra- Jared Brownridge, uh, the highest point-per-game average for a freshman in Santa Clara history at this point. How has he been so effective so far in the first year in the program? I think he's, he's got a real uh, mature approach to everything. I mean, he's, he's one of our, if not our best, guys in terms of asking questions. He's constantly seeking to learn and wanting to make sure he's doing things right. I mean, he'll ask three or four questions every time we get on the floor. 
and he just always wants to make sure that he's in the right place, he has the right technique, he's doing this right. And I think that really carries over in terms of his preparation, getting ready for a game, and then now he knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing in these situations, and he has the ability and the talent and the confidence to, to go out and execute that. Um, so he's been, a, he's been a, a great guy to coach that way, and it's been a lot of fun to watch to see what he's been able to do. When you're preparing your team to play in a place like the Marriott Center, which is really different than all the other venues in the West Coast Conference, how do you get your guys prepared? And are, are they kind of excited to play in that raucous atmosphere in front of, uh, you know, between seventeen and 20,000 people? Uh, I, they do. They do get excited. You know, the, uh, here in, in, in Gonzaga, which are two of the, two of the best, uh, you know, environments in, in, in our conference, you know, they're, they're really they look forward to that. And it's, I think they're excited about the challenge that, that, that comes comes with that uh, playing in a place like this. Um, and so they, I think they understand that, you know, again, it's about making the next play. If things start going bad, the, the crowd's going to get loud, and you've got to be extra extra focused and extra coming together um, and determined to, to make the next right play because uh, it, can get, it can get to be daunting at times. Santa Clara assistant coach Sam Scholl joins BYU Sports Nation. Sam, we appreciate the time. Good luck tonight. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You guys have a great day. All right, Coach. Let's get to know the foe a little bit more, shall we? BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? Yes. Yes, I do. But how well do we know the foe? Jeremy and I have compiled some random facts of awesomeness about Santa Clara that may or may not have to do with sports, but certainly have to do with the area and the college. Jeremy? Because I'm kind, I'm going to allow you to go first. Name two Santa Clara alumni besides Steve Nash. Kurt Rambis, Janet Napolitano, uh, Napolitano uh, Homeland Security. I don't know who that is, but I'll have Janet. to believe you. Other notables. Yes. So good job. Thank you. Mike Pereira, Brent Jones, 49ers. Brandy Chastain. Brandy Chastain. 99 who, World Cup. Yes. The incident in the 99 World the Cup. Incident. Where she scores. <laughs> and then, well, just Google it. Uh, she yeah. scored. Yeah, she she scored the the winner, the World Cup winner, Jerem Jordan. <laughs> Jerem, can you name the school colors and the mascot? Red and white, and Bucky the Bronco. Bucky the Bronco. Within fifty feet, what's the elevation of the city of Santa Clara? Oh, good grief! It's near the beach. Come on, like one forty-two. Well, it's not <clears throat> next to the beach, but it's over there. It's 75 feet. That's oh, it. So I was how many feet off? Like 67 feet off? So you don't get it. <laughs> it was within 50. <laughs> Lame. Name <laughs> name the arena that the Santa Clara men's and women's basketball team's playing. Oh. We said it last time and I said it wrong. Starts with, with an L. Le- Lenny. Close. Le- Lanolin like Le- Sheepswool. The Levy Center. Levy. Yeah, I think it's Le- Levy. Levy, the Levy. Levy Levy Center. BYU was founded in 1875. Was Santa Clara founded before or after that? Mm, before California Gold Rush, 1851. Boomstick. Yep. Does that give me the win today? I think so. I believe that gives me the, that doesn't happen very often. Jerem, Jerem, Congre- usually, hey, congratulations. Jerem usually has some brain busters. Not today. <laughs> you brought it today. Or you just made up that first answer. I don't know. <laughs> no, Janet Napolitano. I'm telling you, look her look her up. I can't. The internet's not working. Which BYU signing are you most excited to see in action in 203 days at Connecticut? Keep your answers coming using the hashtag BYUS. And we'll do one quick one before we go to break. That is from Matt Parker. Lauren, he says, the receivers all have big play ability at JLS had four receptions of greater than sixty yards, uh, sixty yards last year alone. You know, let's you know, time it is. Let's just let's just go ahead and whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. BYU and Santa Clara, including Bucky the Bronco. Well, he's not coming tonight. I don't think they tangle tonight on ESPNU and BYU Radio at eleven Eastern. It's a late one. BYU's won seven of the last nine. Women's basketball. The Cougars are at Santa Clara tonight. BYU beat the Broncos on January 25th by 17. The Cougars have won three of their last four. Softball. Today the season begins. BYU hosts a doubleheader in St. George this afternoon with Weber State and Southern Utah starting at 4 Eastern. The Cougars are the preseason favorites to win the inaugural year of WCC softball. Swimming and diving. 
Freshman Rainer Ng named Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Turbo Male Athlete of the Week for the second time this season. Ng earned his second Athlete of the Week nomination for his facility record-breaking performance in the 500 free, an event he had never swam for BYU. He set the new record at Seattle's Connolly Center for the time of 435 and 6,700. He also helped contribute to the facility's 400 medley relay record. That's, I mean, that's he, why he's he dominated. That's, that's the why he's in the whip around. Cougars in the Olympics. BYU sophomore Kate Hansen is the United States Olympic Committee Female Athlete of the Month for January. She begins competition in the 2014 Sochi Winter Olympics Monday morning, 9.45 a.m. Eastern Time is her first slide. Did I say that? She'll walk in with Team <laughs> USA during the opening ceremonies tomorrow morning. Uh, that will be broadcast on NBC tomorrow night in the United States. Higher, stronger, faster. Yep. The O2 uh, theme. Absolutely. That was so fun. I'm I'm from West Jordan. You're from Linton, Utah. Clinton. The O2 my Olympics last name, were my last awesome. Name would, my last yes. name would be Linton. I'm from Clinton. Sorry. Where? What? Who are you? <laughs> Spender. Spender Clinton. <laughs> it was so fun when the Winter Olympics were here in 2002. That was, it was a big deal. I remember in West Jordan looking out my window, seeing the fireworks at Rice Eccles Stadium and like, on TV, boom, it's right there. It's in my city. It was cool. You know what I remember about the 2002 Olympics? I was in South Korea. Nice. <laughs> on a mission. You were there during a World Cup, though, That's right? true. I was there during the World Cup in, in Korea. No too. Yes. So the that, U.S.'s best World Cup ever. That said, I'm watching the Olympics, or not watching them, but hearing about them from angry Koreans about the speed skating incident with Apollo Ono in 2002, because it featured a South Korean They're skater. still holding on to that. They're so mad. Oh, my goodness. You know what's happening tomorrow? Outside linebackers coach Kelly Papingo will join us. He'll talk about that recruiting class and the wealth of talent BYU brought in at the linebacker position. We'll recap tonight's basketball game with Santa Clara as BYU tries to make it three straight and set up a big-time matchup with the team BYU is currently tied for second within the West Coast Conference, San Francisco. Interesting. Just saw this on the interwebs, by the way. Uriah Leatawa, the guy that was committed to Stanford verbally and then changed yesterday to BYU. Great article in the Press-Telegram. I'll tweet it in a moment. He called Richard Sherman, a Stanford grad, and asked him what he should do. And Richard, the, what he got from that conversation was he blazed a trail that was so different. A guy from Compton, from Compton, the same city. And decided, you know what, I'm going to blaze my own trail and I'm going to go to BYU. A place that he wanted to go in 8th grade. But when Vanderbilt, James Franklin, went to Penn State, uh, the defense coordinator at Stanford then went to Vanderbilt as the head coach. And that would change things. It and so BYU doors. got him. Yeah, BYU got An amazing got the guy. domino effect there. And he calls Richard Sherman. Head-to-head with USC on four recruits. Got three of them, too. Taking on the Pac-12's best. Yes. What's your... Well, what player are you most excited to see in 2014 when BYU takes on Connecticut in 203 days? How about at Noah M. Cook? Hashtag Blackman. Hashtag Leslie. Hashtag Kurtz. Hashtag Warner. Hashtag Nakua. Interesting. That's a, that's a new one. Okay. Yeah. And not a ton of these guys are going out on, on missions right away. I mean, there's, a, there's at least six that I know of, but of the 38 guys, 39 guys... The majority of them, I want to say 28 to 30, are going to be playing this season. So immediate impact. Thanks to our guests today. Bronco Mendenhall for two segments in studio. Fantastic. Santa Clara assistant coach Sam Scholl and everyone on our crew. Producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Chaline, production assistants Alan Miller, Spencer King, and engineer Aaron Evan. You can listen to episodes of the show on demand at BYURadio.org. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation for show links and much more. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. You have just listened to a game day edition of BYU Sports Nation.